0: You're listening to the Mindful Leadership Podcast with your host, Jason Cooper, and my very special guest, Nigel Risner. If you like what you hear, please give it a five star rating and some comments will be very much appreciated. Enjoy this episode. And we're live to the world. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, and wherever you are in this global world that we're actually in now. So I'm your host, Jason Cooper from Mindful Leadership. So I'm a sales strategist, sales coach. I help sales teams and deliver better results and all of that sort of stuff. This is all about insightful leadership. It's, about gifted leaders who employ brilliant and unusual strategies and i highlight unusual strategies with my guest today and uh, we'll be talking about uh, his backdrop that he has his green screen that he has behind him so nigel welcome welcome
1: and i think i think insightful is a great word my father used to be an optician and we'd always joke that his job was to get people to see externally better and my job was to get people to see internally better Light so you out. know i i i once described myself as an internal optician and i did an optical conference and i was doing this you know with or without with without and um so my background with my parents they were were opticians and then i've always looked to see how do i make people see the world in a better light so that internally you can look after yourself in a better way so we, we have the same background as such
0: so you're quite visually orientated Um, Strangely enough, yes, but I'm also much more kinesthetic, so I need to
1: feel touch. So, for those people who are listening to this, we were using a different mechanism to try and get online, because I couldn't see, touch, and feel what was going on. If I can't get on quickly, my little brain goes, I don't like this, and I go into child mode, and I know I do it, and then I tell people that's what most audiences do, if they can't either see the issue, feel the issue, or hear the issue really quickly. So I don't want to go into kinesthetic, visual, auditory too quickly, but a lot of people, if they can't physically do something quickly, go into what I call negative self-talk. Yeah. And yeah. so, internal communication and internal vision is as important as external vision and external communication. But nobody goes on a course about internal communication or internal listening skills. So that inner dialogue. So you know, I, I really want there to be a book that says, "How do you talk to yourself?" influences your external communication. agree.
0: Absolutely Princess agree.
1: Diana's greatest line was, if I spoke to my friends, or I spoke to myself, I wouldn't have any friends.
0: Yeah, yeah, it, it is that internal dialogue. If, if you do speak to yourself in the negative connotations, it's like a supercomputer. So whatever you type in, that will be the answer. So if you type in negative stuff, that's going to be with you for the day. You type in positive stuff or good stuff about you, without going into the ego, it, Good stuff will come out,
1: but you see, it's, it's much deeper than that. Because you've got to remember, as a child, I thought my name was stop it until I was about eleven. You know, so generally that's what I heard a lot. You know, you you know, and then when you get to school, if you talk in class, you will never amount to anything. Well, I think I did okay. You know, I couldn't write properly. Well, you'll never be able to. You'll never write a book. Well, I've written five books. You know, so if you hear those internal messages, and then your brain starts saying, "I'm not good enough. Mm. I'm not special. I'm not pretty." And then you look at all the girls in the world who are looking on Instagram to see this perfect model, and you know, yeah. Um, Cindy Crawford, who's you know the dream woman in my opinion, and my wife can hear this probably. You know, her great line was, "Even Cindy Crawford doesn't look like Cindy Crawford first thing in the morning."
0: Yeah, no, no, because you don't. I, I don't like myself first thing uh, as much I as like I'm an honest. in the morning, because I'm awake.
1: Yeah. You know, after two brain after two brain aneurysms, I've got to tell you, I'm excited to be awake. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, absolutely. I didn't actually introduce you at all in a, in a really good way of uh, telling people that you've tw- over 23 years from your very first uh, award-winning, first Grammy, uh, um, <laughs> Grammy, uh, um, like, anyway, you, you, were, you started I've out about it, I've been 23. Around, you've been around the wrong. block. I was trying to it's articulate right. myself.
1: I know, that's why I thought I'd speak for you. Yeah, yeah,
0: I was having problems with my brain today. So uh, let's hope that it's going to be better for the rest of this. And uh, like you've worked with everyone from CEOs uh, to school kids, uh, bring a different point of view and a different way of explaining things. And for the audio listeners today, they won't be able to see uh, the backdrop that Nigel has, which is a, a collective of animals from a zoo. So there's a giraffe, there's a monkey, there's a snake, there's a hippo, there's a zebra and I'm sure there's a few more down there, uh, but there's a lot. But
1: definitely the monkey.
0: So Nigel, could you, um, you'll probably talk a little bit more about what you do, Uh, like I haven't really given you the whole script because I'm sure that you're going to give a little bit more of an articulated version of how I've done it and I'm just reading from a script here, uh, from What you've given me, and that's perfect. But if you could just go flip before the twenty-three years before that, and tell me a little bit about uh, your your journey to date from and where you are now.
1: I'll I'll do it in literally two minutes because I left school at sixteen with virtually no exams, and I now have an MBA. Except mine stands for a massive bank account.
2: (laughs) That's the only MBA you want to
1: have. I I started, literally I left school before I was 16, worked with a finance company for a couple of years, then went to Israel to do hotel management, realized that wasn't for me, started playing tennis, then did professional tennis, then I did umpiring, then I looked after the Israel junior tennis team at Wimbledon for three years, and then I started with an estate agent, a commercial finance company. So Mm -hmm. we would fund nursing homes, residential homes, pubs, hotels, did that for about nine years we then had equity finance in my business we were going public we didn't go public i I didn't realize what i know now that was a fundamental life-changing moment that when you go into equity and you go with a venture capitalist they have a different back they have a different backstory and have a different vehicle so Mm -hmm. i now had these investors i had a mafia team of outside shareholders i was the only working shareholder Uh, We were raising hundreds of millions of pounds for nursing homes, residential homes. And then we didn't go public, but Mm -hmm. we had more shareholding. And then I resigned from my own business with one month's salary, even though I was the largest shareholder, to start all over again from home. Um, At at some level, what happens is you realise this just isn't right. And taking that risk of saying, I can do it all over again. So having had 70 staff, I then had one and a half staff. And within a year, I was earning the same amount of money personally. Just without my shareholding, and thirty-eight years later, you know, I've been married thirty-five years. Happy formations, uh, you know. But you know, doing the best we can. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've got two wonderful kids. My son got married last year. They're just about to have their first baby uh, in February, and it's really exciting times. But my business now is about supporting businesses to be the best version of themselves with the people they've got, mm-hmm. with a big phrase that says, you either inspire people or you fire them. And I'm a bit of a hatchet man, that if you know you've got a, a muppet in your organisation, the problem is most people keep them for too long. And so people know that when I come in, if you don't want to invest in them, then they need to go. You're mm-hmm. either investing in them or you need to deinvest in them. And then I came up with a big communication programme that just let people know how to identify people in literally a minute without doing online tests to Myers-Briggs and Bellman, I've now created a brand-new personality assessment tool. But I want people to understand that everyone's an animal and your job is to become a zookeeper. Mm -hmm. And if you feed the animals the food they need, not the food you want, life works. So in marriage, if you look after your partner and you give them what they want, my wife wants flowers on a Friday. It's amazing the results you get as a happy weekend. You know, I want chocolate and uh, I want big chocolate
0: oh yeah lovely
1: yeah uh, and, and i want Cadbury's and i don't want like lint and Volvo. i just want basic stuff and it's amazing when you give people what they want and you listen to what they want and you give them what they want life is easy mm-hmm. we've spent millions of pounds on books we've spent billions of pounds on training and ultimately if you just support people in with their personal needs So I'll I'll challenge you, Jason, before we even start. Are you ready? Yeah, yeah. How long have you been married, Jason? 13 years. Okay. I promise you, you do not know the top five personal needs of your wife.
0: Love, uh, respect. Uh, I would say to be listened to. Uh, which is up there. Uh, I don't always, I, in professional life, I listen to people, but in my actual my, uh, my life, I don't listen as, as well as I should do. So the receptors need to be slightly there. Um, Before you go further, yeah, just be yeah. careful
1: of the bet that I'm going to give you. I'll give you a million pounds if you get all five right. You give me a thousand pounds if you get any of them wrong. <laughs> right, okay. <laughs> well, that
0: puts pressure on me, doesn't it?
1: But you see, instantly, your mind goes, Well oh, I'm not sure about this now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. pretty good odds. Well, now think about it from a business point of view that if you run a team of six or seven senior leaders Mm -hmm. and you don't know their top five personal needs, which is why they are coming to work. It's not money. It's Mm -hmm. that bit that they're coming to work. How do you motivate them? How do you inspire them? How do you invigorate them? And most CEOs, and I've, I've done 600 CEO groups all over the world over the last 23 years. I specialize in working with chief execs to understand people. Mm-hmm. I've done this bet all over the world and no one's ever taken me up on it. Even people who've heard me speak before. So you would kind of think they'd have done a bit of homework. And I do it live and I'll get your wife on the other phone and I'll say, we're just going to play a game just to see if we're right. And you watch the energy drain out of someone's face.
0: Yeah, I can see that, yeah.
1: Because you know, what you said was, yeah, love, respect. I'll put money on. They're not a top five personal needs. The dishwasher being emptied is one. Uh, going on holiday, seeing our parents or you know, seeing your children, whatever it could be, you'll be amazed that you don't know. Mm-hmm. And you've Trust me, I've been married 35 years. I haven't got a clue either. <laughs> I do this work a lot. My wife is a child and adolescent psychotherapist. She has a master's in this. And we spend a lot of time together. The only reason our marriages is work is because we spend a lot of time listening. Are you aware the letters for listen are the same as silence? silent?
0: Silent, yeah, I am, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Well, no chief exec understands that. They just don't get it that if you listen to your people and you hear what they're saying do you know how to spell listen i'll just challenge you on this l-i-s-t-e-n, one,
0: L-I-S-T-E-N.
1: right if it was the way management taught us it would be called list two two ears and one mouth
2: mm-hmm. it's list ten.
1: ten times the amount of listen if you understand partner you want to understand your children i know you've got some kids but if you really listened to them the whole world will change but we don't listen because we're just waiting to respond.
0: Mm-hmm. No, I understand that. That that does make perfect sense. And uh, I think our communication of what we actually do say and do state to them makes a massive difference. And sometimes uh, what I've been told is to jump into their shoes and see it from their angle as opposed to my point of view. And when we get a little bit annoyed and a little bit frustrated, that sort of sometimes goes out the window, as you can probably understand. So how are how- your- how old are uh, your kids? My, my, kids are, it, uh, my son is eight and my daughter is 11 next month.
1: Okay. So uh, have you ever had that moment where you're, you're just about to go out and one of your kids, it looks a bit disheveled, okay? And that look of, you need to tidy yourself up before we go out. Mm-hmm. What you're actually saying to your kids are, you're not enough. Okay? Now, you would never say that to your kids. Mm-hmm. Now, it's the same thing when you have staff. You know, and you're disappointed in their work, something's not quite going right with what they're hearing, is different to what you're saying. You're Mm -hmm. just saying, tuck your shirt in. What the kid hears is, oh my God, what's going on with me? Am I not enough? So we just have to be wary of our communication and what people are internalizing with what we've said. Mm -hmm. So if everyone who's listening to this was aware that for the next 21 days, every word they said is like a dartboard, you can throw a dart into the board. And when you take it out there's a tiny hole left
2: mm-hmm.
1: those holes are our self-esteem so you know when we throw i just bring down your dirty plate I, I can't believe you haven't brought it down what the kid hears is why are they just, why don't you just love me it's only about a plate by the eighth time you've told them that they've now got a story going on and those stories framework the rest of our lives
0: mm-hmm. And I think it's definitely true at a young, impressionable age, because that does carry forth. And I'm sure we've all had these stories in our heads when we were being younger and how that sort of carried on. So how, how would you work with um, a, an organisation when you first move in? Move, just go, well, this sounds interesting. And then what, what happens next? I normally will try and meet three or four people of a team from the
1: receptionist, to the number four and then they like the number eight and then somebody who's brand new in the organization. Because I'm curious of their induction process. Mm-hmm. You know, in the old days, you know, they'd come on, they'd come to work on day one and there'd be a manual and they'd be introduced to all the members of the staff yeah. and there'd be a little book of values, depending okay, on the yeah. size of the organization. Can you imagine today John joining an organization? First of all, he might not be meeting the team because they're all over the place. There are more than one office. The MD has no idea who's joined the company because it was done through HR, through five interviews through an agency. And at some level, this person joins this business and the day they join, there's no one there to meet them. Mm-hmm. And then they've got wait in reception, hoping someone in HR, and then someone in HR will say, I'm going to let you shadow Susie. Mm-hmm. Within four minutes, Susie says, so why did you join us then? Yeah, and her negative stories can influence johnny or vice versa so we need to be really careful that the day somebody joins and also if you to ask me jason to join your firm okay
2: mm-hmm.
1: i'm doing quite okay where i am the problem is you're not going to pay me for a month and i've got to trust you to pay me for a month but you're not going to trust me because you don't know me so we start off in this weird position but I've given up my my position in some big organisation to join you. Then I'm going to wait for you to maybe see me because you're busy on the phone. Then I'm going to sit in reception and hopefully someone even notices I've arrived. Can you imagine? that? I mean, there's been lots of jobs for the last five months.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: People haven't even met their team. They've done it by Zoom. At some point, they're going to go into an office and people are going to have months of work to do or places to visit. And there'll be a little boy or girl, and I say that in the sense of, of the vernacular, who doesn't know where they are they don't know why this business got set up by their great grandfather of some person who had no money and they've set this business up and they don't know the background story within six weeks of the statistics i'm we're doing some research right now 41 percent of people leave an organization within eight weeks of joining wow
0: I, I heard something else actually uh, on that point uh, there was a, a, a job posting, I can't remember the name of the company, but they said um, we'll pay you f- four grand uh, within the first day to leave and then you don't have to do anything else.
1: But well, that, was Zappo. that was the Zappo story.
0: That's it, that's it, yeah.
1: But you see that's at that classic customer-centric company mm-hmm. but there are many many people that spend months to interview the company, go through all this process, and somebody turns up on day one at 8.30 into reception and nobody has a clue who they are. Mm-hmm. There's no desk, for them. there's no pen, there's no computer. Then they've got to get a login, they've got to get security. By well, the end of the first day, they were working for a bus company. who they, There was more interaction going on. They might not have been earning quite as much money or whatever it might be, but they're happy. Mm-hmm. This is a leap of faith when you join a new company. We wanna be putting out the flags. We wanna be having cake. We wanna be having donuts. We wanna be welking them in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I don't know if you've if you've got a dog or a cat at home. I oh, but lots of people have a cat, yeah. Okay, but over lockdown, lots of people brought in a puppy. We love them, we supported them, we played with them and all the rest.
0: And you remember Staff joins? There's nothing. So you do the for, you did the first uh meet and greet the people uh the four people that uh, you go, you ask them questions about the, the company, the organization, and everything else like that. So, what's the next step after that?
1: Well, to make just go back one step. Often they've heard me speak at a conference. Okay. So, the sales director or the MD has heard me speak and said, You must come in and do something. And often I'll say, I'd love to. Uh, I'd just like to speak to a couple of your people. So, I want to find out what some of the real pain is. You know, I'm not a sales trainer, quote. Mm-hmm. There are some really great sales trainers you know i'm not the person to go under a shop floor to sell more
2: socks mm-hmm.
1: there are brilliant sales trainers to do that that's not really what i do mm-hmm. i want to find out why people aren't being looked after why the staff are leaving why their personal needs aren't being met so i just want to ask a couple of people what's going on for you what make what, what makes you smile on a friday are you looking at your clock for four thirty, or you're quite sad that 4 30 is coming your mates if you think how much time you spend with your work colleagues up until COVID, compared to how much time you spend at home of waking time. Now, if you if you lived in I don't know Letchworth for example, and you travel into the city, so mm-hmm. you get up at six thirty seven o'clock. You don't really see the kids very much. You get on a train. You get your Starbucks. You go into the office. You work from eight thirty to five thirty. You reverse the process. You get home at seven. You might have dinner with some of the kids watch a bit of TV, and you go to bed. Yep, yep, but you're yep, with yep. your colleagues for like nine, ten hours.
0: The question is, what's the interaction with them? They're your mm. family. Absolutely. And there, there was a, a, another guy that we both know said exactly the same thing, is family time is hugely important as well, just to unwind, or the warm-down process, is to actually see and engage, because the money that you're, you're making from this job is, is there for the family and they have to pay the bills and everything else. But that's hugely important.
1: Do you know how, how kids spell the word love? T-I-M-E. Yeah. And so from a really sappy, sassy point of view, your kids at Christmas time want to open up the presents and want you to play with them with their presents mm-hmm. and they want to have fun with you. Mm-hmm. Buy them an expensive toy and you say, off you go to your room and play with it. I promise you, if you could read the kid's mind, we'll be going, so daddy doesn't love me. Now, you're working all these hours to provide for your kids to say, I don't really want to support you. So if you really want to go with Harry Chapin, uh, Cats in the Cradle, mm-hmm. listen to that song, and it will just sum up the world in a way.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, that,
1: that makes... But, it's you know, so my kids are 33 and 30. I've spent a lot of time with them. And, you know, we go on. Play a lot as a family unit because it's precious time.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Why are we working so hard? So, when I say to people, What are the top five personal needs of some of your team? What are the top five personal needs of your family? So, at Christmas time, my wife and I will often sit together, What do we want to achieve for the following year? Mm-hmm. Most families, if they could spend 10% more time together, would be happy to earn 5% less. But most men, and it's not meant to be sexist. Think they need to earn ten percent more to provide, whereas the wife or husband, depending which way is the major breadwinner, would say I prefer to spend a bit more time together.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I remember once saying to my kids, "The reason I'm working so hard is if so we can go on nice holidays." And I swear to God, this is what my kids said: "Then don't."
0: That's uh, that's massively important. I, I, th- I for me myself. Um... I like spending lots of time with my kids, sometimes a bit too much time, but I think it's from, based on my family and what my dad used to do. Like he used to leave the house at half six, get home at half six, and then take me to athletics and do some running and all of that sort of stuff. And I think that's hugely important. And I think that's a gift back to people. Yeah. To give them that inner light or whatever it might be that my parents are there to support me and love me in. That
1: drive that you had with your father to athletics, was as important as everything else, just that quality time, one-on-one in the car. I used to. This will be a strange one for you. Something that I love, which most people have no idea about, is military bands. So oh, I would yeah. take my son every Sunday for six years to the Change of the Guards. That's cool. And we would leave at like 9.30 to mm-hmm. get to Buckingham Palace, park the car, because there'd be a one band that would come out of Buckingham Palace, there'd be another small band that came out from Clarence House, and we'd march with them down the mall, then we'd play in the, in the park, have an ice cream, but we weren't allowed to tell mum, and then we'd wait for the big band to come out of Buckingham Palace after they changed the guards. Well, we did that every Sunday. My son is now, my, my son's wife is pregnant, and my son is desperate for us to do the same thing with their child. That quality time, from a leadership point of view, is really key. What I've done through lockdown, as much as we can, I've done lots of coach and walk sessions as part of my practice. So I have a coaching set up with mm-hmm. CEOs. So we meet in a field. I take the dog with me and we coach and walk. What I've realized is if more people were to coach and walk. So when you're communicating at this level, they so over a desk. It's mm-hmm. quite severe. It's like this. Yeah, yeah. If you're walking side by side, you can think differently. You do. If you're in an open space, you can think differently. Yeah. So from a leadership point of view, I'm always saying to people, when was the last time you walked to Starbucks with one of your clients? And I swear to God, this was the answer. He went, there's not a Starbucks for 16 miles. And I went, it <laughs> could be a coffee shop or something. <laughs> oh, you're taking a little bit too literal here. But it's the concept of coach a walk. As well as doing a one-on-one so i'm big in making sure that people get one-on-one time from a child point of view all the way through business mm-hmm. the
2: so biggest, makes...
1: gift, biggest gift a chief exec can give is time or pizza on a friday afternoon with all the new people so mm-hmm. we used to say to people in the summer when was the last time you got an ice cream van to come to the office Good idea. So for my yeah. birthday on July the second, I'm in the garden with my kids. We're having a family barbecue and I can hear a sound. And I know what that sound is. It's an ice cream van. <laughs> it, it organized an ice cream van to come to the close. We've got six houses in our close. I've got I've seen pictures of me. I look like a five year old. I mean I've I've run through the house, I'm in the front of the queue, and I want a ninety nine with, you know, my my red all the
0: kids out the way, were you? 100 percent. Move out the <laughs> way.
1: Imagine you organize that on a Friday for your staff. Yeah. You organize pizza. That loving, nurturing side, very few people, somebody once said, why do people like donuts? And the reason is because they never get rejected.
0: <laughs> yeah. True, yeah.
1: And so that concept, donuts, ice cream, pizza, there'll be people on here now going in the health mode, you know, who are vegan, lactose intolerant, I apologize. But that basic concept of supplying something from a leadership point of view, that 95% of people want.
0: Yeah, that's an awesome idea. That 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 will give so much more, I think it's all about trust and mutual respect and to see them through the same eyes that I'm still gonna get on and do some hard work, but you know, if I can do it, you can do it, but you, you get the people around you that can work, hopefully more smarter than what you can going forward. So, how how no one do
1: you? I see- got home on a weekend and said, "I can't believe my boss." We all had to eat ice cream, you know, that's But you can imagine them going back. You, yeah, we had to go. We had to jump on a Zoom call at five o'clock on a Friday. Mm-hmm. Why? I mean, it's just nonsense, in my opinion. Yeah. Now, the last thing you want to be doing before the weekend is a motivational, inspirational pizza, ice cream, some game that brings people together. Now, don't get me wrong. We need to create sales to. Pay salaries. I get that, yeah. and times are tough. But you've got to remember that people have got to go home with the last thing on their minds, and that gets brought into their
0: family. Excuse mm-hmm. <coughs> 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 me. Oh, that's fine. That's uh, the question I was going to actually ask. But the, the last five months has been particularly challenging in lots of sense of the words, but it it's also can be deemed as. A difference, and you have to change the way you look and feel about things. But how do you think the leaders are employing the same tactics of what you just suggested, or how would you change the tactics around that?
2: Well, so I got sent this from a client of mine. Lovely. Now, this thing got sent to me just after this a box. You're like this.
0: Oh, that way. Wow. Very cool. So for all the audio listeners, uh, could you describe what you have up in front of you? I'm holding a box and it says, Ooh, what could it be? And then you open up the box
1: and it says bloody brilliant. Oh, very cool. Then you open up the box again. and There's a handwritten note with some really cool chocolates. Now, You may or may not know, I'm a big chocolate fan. But somebody wrote this, handwritten, it got sent to me. It comes from a company called thoughtful.com. doesn't cost a lot, but it made a big difference to me. Um, The bar of chocolate from Cadbury's, you know, a little note written on the back. It's not a lot to make. It doesn't take a lot to inspire somebody. But people know that one of my personal needs is, Diet Coke, so this is pretty cool. You won't be able to see this, but there are cans of Diet Coke, I've but I've got that. my full name and surname on it, and it's a can, not just a bottle. I Very think cool. what's that? Diet Coke socks. <laughs> now, it doesn't mean a lot to lots of other people, but I did a presentation and someone adopted a monkey for me, now we'll talk about my animal stuff. With again a little note, uh, Wild Futures would like to thank Nigel for adopting Elvis. Now I'm not sure I'm its father.
0: No, no. no. <laughs> uh, Nigel's holding up a picture of. Uh, uh, I can't quite see. If you can describe in a little bit more detail.
1: Well, it's a. a oh,
0: it's a monkey.
1: A, obviously, it's a monkey. You see, so it's, it's my adopted monkey from the Wildlife Fund. But oh, someone had actually thought about what might be cool for me. Now, I want you to visualize how do you think I felt when I got my Diet Coke socks and someone had adopted a monkey for me. Now, to me, it's like a 5,000-pound a pay rise. Mm-hmm. For you, if you don't like that, wasted. So the concept is, is if you know your team,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and then the last thing on a Friday is I'm then going to spend the weekend saying to my wife and my kids, you'll never guess what my company's just done for me. Now my company are involved and feel like, well, that's a caring company. Yeah. If mum or dad has to work a couple of hours later, they care about him. But if the last thing I do is slag my boss off for some Zoom meeting that's gone on too long, and then I come in from work or even from one room back into the dining room at the weekend, and all I'm talking about is I can't believe what they've just done. Yeah. And then I'm saying to my kids, I'm going to have to work late tonight. And my kids will be saying, what, what, what are you doing this for? They obviously don't appreciate you. And you know, my kids are now 33 and 30. They want to be spending time.
0: Yeah. They're building their own families. Well, I think that's hugely important. I think there's a thing called uh, communication transference. Um, it's when I say something, whether good or bad, I transfer it over to you. Now you can take that on with you, that baggage, good or bad or indifference, but it's now in your head.
1: Well, that's having the monkey on your back. You've moved from you to me, you've shared your stuff, and now I've got it. So I'm always saying in leadership, that dartboard analogies that hole you leave people with is your choice that's invigorating, inspiring, or it's de- or it's depressing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, a, a book you've got behind you from a good friend of mine, Paul McGee, he talks about mood hoovers. Oh, I like that. Yeah, you know, I talk about internal terrorists. You know, you've got people who literally can literally suck the lifeblood out of you. So you either have loving, nurturing, caring people who care about you, or people who want to literally, who have a vested interest in your life not working.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: and They don't care if you succeed or not. The problem is, I'm representing a business. Even today, I'm representing my business. I have books, I have online assessment tools, I've got videos, whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. If I'm not inspired, if I'm
0: not empowered, what do you think my
1: voice is going to sound like to the next customer?
0: Yeah, yeah. Because you, you need that energy to keep going forward, and you need to make sure that if I spoke to, uh, after this interview later on, I, I, I've got to feel empowered and happy because that you give me that gift, and I think that's wonderful. But, but, see, it's always a choice. You you know, with your
1: kids, if they were going off to school, and the last thing you said to them was, I can't believe you've left your school bag behind. If your head wasn't screwed on, you'd probably leave that behind. I'm, I'm disappointed in you. I mean, can you imagine a child going to school, and the person who loves them the most has just said, I'm disappointed in you. And we've all said those type of words to our kids. Yeah. In anger. Now, one of my friends always jokes when I say this. When you're when you get into anger mode, you're one letter short of danger. Yeah. I said this the other day, and someone went, Danger. You know. But so you just have to be very careful. I don't know if you watched the uh, if you were into tennis at all, but did you see what happened with Djokovic yesterday? No, I didn't. I missed that. So, Noval Djokovic lost his serve. This is the number one player in the world. There's virtually... There's not that many players playing there. He's mm-hmm. going to win the US Open without a problem. He loses his serve. He takes the ball, whacks it, and it hits an umpire in the neck. In professional tennis, that's instant disqualification for the yeah. tournament. He's just disqualified there and then. And what happened was he was upset, disappointed himself for losing his serve. He's hit out... Fortunately, he's not injured her too much. But it could have been bad. Mm-hmm. Probably may or may not remember when Tim Hemman did this at Wimbledon, playing doubles and he got disqualified. Mm-hmm. Tim Hedman, who was the the, the lord, the, you know, the Britishness of British. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, he is. But he hit a ball boy. Instant disqualification. So we have to be really careful about negative self-talk, how we approach ourselves. And if we beat ourselves up, the damage we do to other people when we communicate is as important. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if everyone who's listening to this understands what leaves your lips stays on people's minds, you know, in the old days it was, you know, what passes your lips stays on your hips. And that was from a diet point of view. Yeah, but mentally, yeah. what leaves your lips and enters someone's brain can be damaging forever. Mm-hmm. My wife, as I said before, is a child and adolescent psychotherapist. She has people coming to her with issues from when they were seven, eight, nine, ten years old. They're fifty now.
0: Yeah, Yeah, and that sort of carries on with them. Yeah, it does. Well, you've just said to your kids, I'm a bit
1: disappointed. Then they go out with a boy or a girl on a date, and they they don't get a phone call back. So I've been rejected again. Mm -hmm. Then they go to their job. They don't get the first job interview. They don't get a promotion. So my father didn't love me. My girlfriend didn't call me back. And now my boss doesn't think I'm good enough. What's the underlying message?
0: Yeah, it's all going to be quite negative. It's all going to be quite tense. And it's all going to be quite frustrating for those individuals that carry that on with them. And we all have that. But then it goes
1: one stage further, Jason. Now I don't even apply for a job, so I'm probably going to get rejected. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to eat donuts because they don't reject me. Now, Mm -hmm. as you tell, I've eaten a bit of chocolate in my time. Okay? But that's because I enjoy it. I'm not doing it out of depression. Mm -hmm. But you, you see people who are overweight who are eating as a comfort because that doesn't reject them. The chocolate is always in the fridge. They go to Greg's and pick up a donut because it's there. No mm-hmm. one's judging them. Mm-hmm. Later on, they have self-loathing. Then they don't get the job. Then they don't get the interview. Then they ring up their parents who don't have time. It, it's a continual cycle. So let's just change the energy. From today, if you knew that the words that you share were going to be on someone's mind the next 10 years, would you say the same words? Absolutely not. Well, here's the
2: lesson
0: yeah 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 so when you go into companies so you you do um uh, uh having a reward scheme or you tell them about communication and how communication does affect people and other things so what what else do you actually uh give them as the sort of a golden nugget of some practical stuff that they can do. Because obviously, once you leave, you want to make sure that they're still doing it and still doing it and building that habit. One of the key
1: things I talk about is about zookeeping. So if you visualize that everyone you speak to is a different animal. So Mm. I'm a classic monkey. You know, I have a very short attention. And I like shiny new toys. I can only do something like 20 minutes unless I enjoy it really. So if you give me a task and, I, and the details aren't simple and I can't do it in the first two minutes, good jobs are going to give up.
2: Mm-hmm. It
1: needs to be simple. If there's a PDF document I've got to download, I don't know where it's gone. You know, one of the reasons why Zoom has been so successful is that it is so simple to use compared to a lot of the other applications. Mm-hmm. I like Zoom. Maybe the quality is not as good as some of the others, but it's so simple to use that it's gone from a small little company to the biggest thing in over the last six months. Yeah. And for, for the rest of the world, Zoom has made life easy for me. So you've got, in my humble opinion, four different groups of people in the world. You have monkeys like me who need things simple, mm-hmm. short attention span. You know, We're normally second children, by the way, and I'll come on to that. Mm-hmm. And we like things to be simple. Then you've got the Lions who have a short attention span too, but they want to be in charge, and they'd rather be right than happy. They're normally running the organization, and they are focused, they're driven, they're on a mission to change the world.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And then they're what I call the Lions. And Lions hunt well, but there's normally a senior, um, a head honcho who is controlling the team. When you watch a Lion Hunt, you don't ever get in the middle of a Lion Hunt little team meeting we need to stop they know where they're going they know what's going on Mm -hmm. then you've got the dolphins which is me, by the way yep who are nurturing caring supportive so even when we had problems trying to get on before and i said can we do zoom you went okay no worries if you weren't a normal dolphin you'd have said no if you'd have been a line you'd have just said i'm stupid i need to work it out Mm -hmm. So as a dolphin, you said, no problem, we can sort this out. Within three seconds, we've switched from where we were going to use Zoom. because It was easier for me. Mm -hmm. Dolphins are not much more support-based. So HR, uh, support services, the whole of the NHS, you know, looking after the rest of the world. One of the problems they have is they're so busy looking after the rest of the world, they don't get a chance to look after themselves. Which is important. Yeah. Well, uh, that's why you have some people who are ill, you know, teachers that spend all their energy looking after other people nurses spending lots of other people community health visitors i'm mm-hmm. going to get shot here but often in the nhs there are some people who are slightly overweight and they're preaching to everyone else about healthcare but they're not looking after themselves
0: mm-hmm. which is uh phenomenally important and i know for myself i take my myself off to green spaces because there's something really good about being in nature yep. so i can get all of my stuff out of my system and all of that what what do you do uh, when you have uh challenging times uh being a monkey um i do nothing
1: i'm okay. not good at it so now I've, i mean i have a dog who is he's six now but for five years i'm happy to walk with him and he's, he's he's got my personality he's nuts as well i have a labradoodle who is absolutely nuts oh yeah yeah but the concept i'm saying here is, is that when you have uh what's the word i'm looking for when you have that type of animal You've got to look after you. I'm just doing something because I've just had a thought about something. For okay. Um, I'm with you, I've got time. Uh, I, I went into monkey mode. I had had a thought and I had to deal with it. If I hadn't had dealt with it, it had got out of my mind. But dolphins are, are, are the support side, mm-hmm. and then you have one the last of the animals, which are the elephants, who are much more logistical based. They are detailed. Their analysis. They're the accountants, the lawyers where things have to be precise mm-hmm. now for someone like me you know, my answer is ish about three ish i'll be there four ish about 192 is about the answer to elephants is, is an exact science so if you if, imagine you've got all those animals working in your workplace mm-hmm. and if you've got children your first child is much more lion orientated than your second child and your second child is much more monkey orientated mm-hmm. because the first child is a bit like the lion king they've arrived we all have to hail the new child and if they fall over we get the sas we've got the nhs coming second child oh get up sort yourself out there's no pictures of the second child there's no video of the second child. lots of the first.. Mm-hmm. but then you've got as i said elephants who have a different process they seem slower because they need to process all the information so the job i'm gonna wear my special hat is to become a zookeeper oh yeah and the zookeeper's job in leadership and the same in parents is to feed them the food they want, not the food that we have. So this is the problem in an organisation. You have a set of rules that are genuinely designed for one set of animals. Mm-hmm. That you come to work and there's a manual. No monkey has ever read a manual in his life. No monkey has ever constructed anything my Ikea. I
0: was going to say that. I was just thinking exactly the same.
1: It's never going to happen. Or when they do, there'll be three pieces of wood or two screws left over. So we mm-hmm. can't figure out what to do with it. And then we wonder why it's not quite aligned, this mm-hmm. thing we've built. And it will never be aligned. So and I'm it, married to a massive elephant. Yeah. I mean, she's a size 10 by the way. But she's a massive elephant. She has a process for everything. She's detailed. She writes notes. and And you can imagine when we go shopping, there's a different process. Because she has a list. And she knows which way we're going to go. And, I, and, and the supermarkets, you may or may not know, are designed for monkeys as well. Yep. So at the end of every aisle, there'll be fun stuff. And the monkeys go, oh, that's exciting, I'll take some of this.
0: The elephants can walk around and never touch those things.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So the question is, uh, what about if I'm half monkey and half elephant? You're not when you're under pressure.
1: Okay. When you're under pressure, you'll revert to your natural style. So i can i've worked with 640 different ceo groups over the last 23 years mm-hmm. i i can be line mode i understand i can be short sharp to the point i've got four strategies to success and i can go into dolphin mode because i can be caring nurturing i understand that my wife's a therapist i've done lots of transformational training mm-hmm. but i can't go with elephant it's just not my style you know so if you said to me look even i remember you you sent me a, an email and it said these are some of the things we might cover yeah 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 i gave up reading that it was like it was a list it was too long okay but it might be really important number nine that was to help me promote my my products well i've not read number nine i don't know if i'm allowed to i haven't read that bit i don't know if i should whereas an elephant would have read all of that we'd have had to have a practice run first we can't go live we have to have a little practice run first the Lions are just going to bullshit and tell them how wonderful they are. They don't care about the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. The Dolphins would just be spending three hours finding out what would, what would, the, what would your listeners like to hear? Or
2: mm-hmm.
1: well, as a monkey, I forgot when we got listeners. I'm just, we're just bantering and playing. So you can imagine your friend Gordon Treadgold, who, who I know you've interviewed, yeah. when the two of us are together, because he ha- he's much more logistical based and he has a process. When the two of us work together, it's just an absolute hoot.
0: But that probably works in quite good synchronicity as well because it's almost good cop bad cop. But it's it's quite a good combination. You
1: Know it, you see. Yeah. But if you don't know it, and you bring two types of people together, and you put us in a meeting room and say just just maybe work together, it'll be a good idea. be
2: yeah.
1: absolute nightmare. If we didn't know each other, he'd be thinking I'm just a maverick and I don't care, and I'd be thinking why is he asking so many questions? <laughs> so it yeah. is the problem. So once you know profiling, my profiling is very, very simple. I mean, I even have business cards. So this is my business card.
2: Mm -hmm. Cool. And And if I was meeting you, I'd give you your business card, which has a dolphin on it. Oh, very good.
1: So I've got all the animals, and people are very impressed that I can profile someone literally in about 20 seconds. I've just got to be able to listen to their language. Mm -hmm. so all of a sudden now i come into an organization and i'll have the lions in the front row because they obviously need to be in the front row the elephants need to be at the back because they're not going to take part because they want to listen to the information Mm -hmm. you know the dolphins want to make sure there's fair trade tea you know and the monkeys we need to have a cartoon really early on to make them feel special imagine that you didn't know you had those type of animals and you had a pdf and then there was a uh, PowerPoint presentation mm-hmm. with 103 slides. You're like this. I, I have a slide when I do live presentations. And the last slide says four of 162 on the bottom right-hand corner. <laughs> <laughs> you can watch people thinking, oh, my God, we've, he's only got three minutes. We're still on. If they haven't even noticed the other side, my last slide says that. And it's like you can just watch people's faces. The monkeys haven't even noticed about the numbers. But for the elephants, it's like, there can't be another 132 slides.
0: So then you push them out, you can guess who they are in the audience yeah. and un- get them. Yeah, that's a really smart way of doing it. that's fun.
1: But you see, that's the point, what you just said. So it works for most of the animals and mm-hmm. the people who don't think it's funny, I know which animal they are.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And what they don't know is I'm constantly, great leaders listen with their eyes. Mm-hmm. So I'm constantly watching the room. Elephants will never sit in the front row because they get picked on. It's not going to a comedy club. You know, you're not going to get, only the elephants who've made a mistake who come in late and there's two seats at the front end up at the front because they're going to get taken the piss out of.
0: So the question I was going to actually ask when I'm thinking of it, so what happens when you have challenging uh, leaders in, a, in an organisation that you might have worked with but they don't quite get it or they don't quite understand the, 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 the theory behind what you're actually saying? What, what do you normally do?
1: So that's, a, that's when there's a major issue in the boardroom. Mm-hmm. And so often I'm brought in because there's a senior partner or a managing director who just doesn't get on, either with the sales director or the operations director. And they'll, and they'll tell me, look, Nigel, we've got a problem with this person. I go, okay, well, let's just find out what animal type we are. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you're a maverick lion, you don't want to hear excuses. You just want bottom line information. And I want a one-page document that tells me where we are. Well, the mm-hmm. other who can't work. I'll give you an example. Imagine I said to one of your kids, uh, if you can come up to my study in 20 minutes and just look at my... Let me see your homework.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. If you had an elephant child, that panic would be there. The monkey's going to... They'll bullshit. I've I've done most of it. They probably Mm -hmm. haven't. They they won't worry about it. The lion's going to make sure they get praise. And the the dolphin is now worried. I wonder what's going on. Mm -hmm. Why is he so angry? So, you've only got to watch people. And then my job is to literally ask people, what's your personal needs? Do you know what inspires people? Mm. I need chocolate and Diet Coke. Do you remember I said to him, Have I got a minute to get a Diet Coke? And as a dolphin, you went, Yeah, no problem. A lion wouldn't have done that. The lion said, We need to start because we agreed we'd start at 11 o'clock. Yeah. So, leadership is about understanding the people you're with and to give them the best opportunity to get them to be the best they can be. Mm-hmm. Not that complicated. Does that take a bit of
0: time and practice to
1: yes, get up to that it takes, level? That's a problem. It takes time mm-hmm. because you've got to start listening, but more importantly,
0: caring. Mm-hmm. So what so do you, you think know, about these 20 uh, something year olds uh, that just come out of university, first job, three years time, and they're given this sort of, sales management role where they've got to look after seven, eight people or an, a, in another discipline whatever it might be what sort of advice would you state give them?
1: State agents as an example Oh right. yeah state a, agents You have an 18 year old who you know comes in on a Saturday he finishes school then he comes as a junior negotiator and all of a sudden he's promoted to the senior negotiator mm-hmm. he's got eight good sales and they are saying if you could look after your team well on what basis are you going to look after the team? Yeah. You wouldn't, I mean, I wouldn't want to be let, my, my kids were over on Friday for dinner, and they said, we're not sure we're going to leave the grandchild with Nigel to start with, because I'm a monkey. You know, I, I'll need some instruction. I thought, I'll be, we have an ice cream farm, literally around the corner where we live. That's where I'll be taking the child at three weeks old, if I'm left alone. <laughs> but and my kids know it, so I'm, they, I, apparently Papa Nigel can't be left unsupervised. But that's about leadership in the same way. Yeah. The problem is, young kids think they know how to motivate people because of the way they've been motivated. Yeah, And so you're going to have lots and lots of issues with people who just don't understand that leadership needs to be taught. Mm-hmm. And just get, remember this line we lead people and we manage things. Like that. I'm writing so that you, down. Good. Write it down. That's a good one. Okay so you've got to be a great zookeeper you need to lead people so i often tell people how many leaders we've got in the room and how many managers we've got in the room Mm -hmm. so if you're a facilities manager and i've done lots of work with facility managers in Mm -hmm. the nhs their job is to look after facilities Mm
2: -hmm.
1: facilities have got no self-esteem if you clean the toilet an hour late they don't have a worry
2: Mm
1: -hmm. that's why it's facility management if you're looking after people, and I don't know your background in leadership, but you know how many people have one-to-ones with their boss? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And for whatever reason it gets delayed. Mm-hmm. What you actually said to that person is, you don't matter. This person has been has had it in their mind for the last month. We're seeing the boss for a one-to-one. It's about our three-month review. It's about our six-month review. The boss, though, has got other important stuff to do, and he might have really important stuff to do. But the lad or lass that's been waiting for four weeks for their one-to-one is then told by email I might have to delay it till next week that's the same as the girlfriend that just rejected them the yep. parent that told them we're disappointed in your behavior those things are about leadership
0: and we lead people mm-hmm. I think that's the heart of disrespect in, in my point of view if if you say you're going to do something you do it and if you don't do it there's got to be a, a reason that your legs falling off or, or you're, you're Gone I mean, to the hospital It's
1: called a must. Yeah. You know, it, it was a must that the board wanted my 90-day figures because we're going to the stock exchange. Mm-hmm. It's got to be at that level. The problem is, we think there are stuff that's important. There's nothing more important than a one-to-one with a junior member of the team. Mm-hmm. Because for three weeks, four weeks, six weeks, it's been on their mind.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And then imagine that person who doesn't get the one-to-one goes home to their family and says, you never guess, uh, Jason was supposed to meet me at four o'clock. And apparently uh, he
0: couldn't. Very annoying, very annoying. But
2: it's
0: not even annoying, it's disrespectful. Yeah, yeah it the is time on time all time. levels. Yeah. I, I've just got a question for you actually, it's, just, uh, it's, it's off the whim really. So uh, I was watching a programme the other week and uh, this guy, uh, I think it's Jamie Foxx actually, uh, film, movie, whatever, and they, they had these pills, these magic pills that gave you five minutes of a strange power based on your DNA Um, and it's it's not limitless it's something else it's a a newer version of that but what it does it gives you twist it knock it back and then you could be um uh, i don't know you could be like the Hulk as strong as the Hulk or you could be invisible or you can run super fast or you can do but you have five minutes to do it in so what would you have and what would you how would you use it
1: i'd love to be i'd love to be um Oh, my God, not silent. Um, Invisible. I'd love to be able to go into a boardroom, in that case, and just see what was really going on, bearing in mind what I've been told. Yeah. I'd like to hear some of those conversations. Not for any perverse, perverted way. I'd just love to see. I mean, I, I was with somebody on Saturday, and some of the stories I was being told from this person were so horrifying that I thought, I'd love to know the real story that's gone on behind this. yeah Yeah, there's your story there's my story and there's the truth Mm -hmm. if i was invisible just for five minutes i could be in your office or i could be watching the family dynamics of you talking to your kids i'd see it
0: yeah yeah and probably understand it and appreciate it from sort of a holistic point of view like a fly fly on the wall sort of uh, scenario
2: but except but
1: you even know that's there I want to be just be invisible. I want to be sitting next to you as you're interviewing Gordon, for example. And I want to know why you've asked that question. I
0: I have asked him that question, but you'll have to wait and find out his answer. And I'm going to have a much
1: deeper answer, trust me. He'll have a much better answer than I've got.
0: But no, that was a good answer because it's uh, something different to what anyone else has said. And you let it back into the sort of leadership role and the family role to find out what actually are the actual challenges in there.
1: As a monkey, I could have said I'd like to be able to eat 7,000 donuts without putting on any weight because, you know, that's the flippant answer. But really, I would love to be able to just be be somewhere to hear the real truth about an issue without them knowing that I was there.
0: That is awesome. So just the last question, really, just to sort of wrap it up. What sort of golden nuggets can you give back? Because I'm I'm one of these people that like to give back. And the reason why I'm doing this podcast is to give back.
1: Lesson number one, if you're in the room, be in the room. So I promise you, for the 20... I don't even know how long we've been speaking for. Roughly how long have you been speaking for?
0: I don't know, actually, because uh, on this system, it doesn't give me a time, but uh, let's say 40 minutes
1: or so. Okay, so it's 12.20 now. So we've been going longer than that, ironically. Yeah. Just so you know. With the exception of me having a brain moment when I just couldn't remember what I was doing next, mm. I've been in the room with you 100%. The biggest lesson you can teach people is if you're in the room, be in the room. When you're with your kids, be with your kids. And when you're on the golf course, be on the golf course. biggest lesson I teach people is just be where you need to be. Lesson number two is you've got to become an effective zookeeper. Mm -hmm. You've got to know the animals you're working with. Mm -hmm. The biggest one for me, and it's it's so simple, is if you're not passionate about it, don't do it.
0: Yeah, I concur to everything that you've said. Nigel really thank you for all of your time all your words of wisdom it's been educational it's been extremely inspiring and I hope that whoever's listening to this if they can take at least just one golden nugget out of this uh, we've both done our job we've both inspired if they can take more out of that awesome so Nigel how, how can people find you or find yeah, out about they, you
1: if they go to nigelrisner.com. Mm -hmm. And it is a free survey on my website to find out which animal they are, if they're interested. Uh, We've got some books available. And if they mention your name, we'll do a special discount for
0: you. Awesome. Awesome. So thank you again. And hopefully we'll talk again soon. Um, You've been listening to Jason Cooper and Nigel on my Mindful Leadership podcast. And thank you again. Be good. All right, that's, oh Thanks for listening to this episode of the Mindful Leadership Podcast with your host Jason Cooper. If you want to hear more, please come connect to me at jcooper at jasoncooper.ie. Please, if you like this, please give us a five star rating. It'd be very much appreciated. Have a great!